you adorable mess of a human being. My name is Philip DeFranco. I am sick and I did not sleep last night, but we're gonna talk about some news. So with that said, let's just jump into it. The first thing we're gonna talk about today is Clavino Da Silva. If you're unfamiliar with Da Silva, nicknamed Shorty, he was a 42-year-old member of a notorious drug gang. And Da Silva made headlines and went viral because of a failed prison escape. As far as that failed prison escape, on Saturday, he tried to escape by dressing up as his teenage daughter during one of her visits and tried walking out of the facility's doors in her place. In the video, we see Da Silva in a silicone mask, long, dark-haired wig, wearing jeans, and a pink shirt with a cartoon image of donuts. Understandably, this this video just blew up, it went viral, lots of mocking responses. And I don't just mean online, like literally the Rio Daily newspaper put out a headline, oh, aren't I a naughty girl? According to the local media, the prisoner's plan was to leave his 19-year-old daughter inside the jail while he went out to collect her credentials from the front desk. And then police assumed that the daughter was supposed to leave and say, oh, I, I forgot my documents, they went missing. So there was all of that. But the part of the story that a lot of people don't know, after his failed escape, De Silva was placed in solitary confinement as part of his punishment. However, the city's prison service said that officers found his body Tuesday morning and said it appeared that he had taken his own life. Reportedly, he had been serving a sentence of 73 years and 10 months when he tried to break out of the facility. Also, even worse news for his daughter, who has, of course, now lost her father. Unsurprisingly, it's now being reported that she will be charged with embedding prison escape, a crime that is punishable by up to two years behind bars. And she's also not the only one. Reportedly, at least seven other recent visitors, including a pregnant woman suspected of sneaking in the disguise, are also being investigated for the potential role in the failed plot. And then a story that I think is important to talk about is an almost story. I mean that, for example, yesterday we talked about horrific mass shootings. It's important we talk about it, the how, the why, the, the heroes of the story that, that, that faced horror and did something. To talk about the people trying to make it about things like video games and, and the potential crackdowns and bans there rather than things that could actually help. But the thing that doesn't get as much traction or as many eyes on it is the almost story, when something horrible almost happens. And according to reports, that is exactly what we saw out of Lubbock, Texas, thanks to a grandmother who was reportedly able to prevent a mass shooting that her grandson was planning. According to a release sent out by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Northern District of Texas, all of this started on July 13th, just a few weeks before the tragedies in El Paso and Dayton this weekend. According to reports, the 19-year-old man told his grandmother that he had purchased an AK-47 rifle, planned on shooting up a hotel, and then committing suicide by cop. And according to this report, the grandmother was able to convince him to allow her to take him to a hospital. Right? She could sense that he was homicidal and suicidal, and he went to a hospital for treatment. And it wasn't all just talk. He later agreed to allow the officers to search the hotel room that he had booked, and there they did find not only an AK-47, but also 17 magazines loaded with ammunition, knives, a black trench coat, black tactical pants, and more. And according to the U.S. Attorney's statement, they said that when the man purchased the weapon, he lied about his address. On the transaction form that he filled out to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, he used the address of a relative he used to live with, but he no longer lives there, and he was evicted from that residence. So the release says that on Thursday, he was charged by criminal complaint with making false statements to a federally licensed firearms dealer. He ended up appearing in court on Friday. If convicted, he could face up to five years in federal prison. And one of the things that was scary was this guy was completely under the radar. Reportedly, he wasn't on any state and federal watch list, which is also why U.S. Attorney Aaron Neely Cox made a statement about the incident hailing the grandmother for her action, saying this was a tragedy averted. I want to praise the defendant's grandmother who saved lives by interrupting this plot, as well as the Lubbock police officers and federal agents who investigated his unlawful acquisition of a deadly weapon. If you suspect a friend or loved one is planning 
planning violence against themselves or others, do not hesitate to seek help immediately by calling law enforcement. And I think that's one of the things to take away here, other than just being so incredibly thankful for this grandmother, is if you do see something, say something. And then let's talk about this massive international news coming out of India. Yesterday, India's government revoked the constitutional provision that gave the state of Kashmir certain autonomous powers. Now for some context here, Kashmir is confusing because it can refer to a state and region. After India and Pakistan gained independence from Britain in 1947, the region of Kashmir wanted to be independent from the two countries. But for a number of reasons we're not gonna get into right now, they ultimately decided to join India under the condition that they would be able to have some autonomy. And that autonomy was granted under Article 370 of the Indian Constitution. And that provision, as we said, India revoked yesterday. And under that specific provision, Kashmir had been given their own constitution and flag, they were allowed to make their own laws, except for laws regarding defense communications and foreign affairs, which were left to India's central government to decide. Then, after Kashmir joined India, India and Pakistan went to war over the region and eventually agreed to divide the region along a ceasefire line called the Line of Control. And today, Kashmir is divided between India, Pakistan, and China, though India and Pakistan each claim that the region fully belongs to them. India controls the largest part of the region, which until now was the Indian state Jammu and Kashmir. There's still been a lot of violence and clashes both internally and between India and Pakistan there. Since the 1990s, separatists and Indian-controlled Kashmir have been fighting against Indian rule, a conflict that has killed tens of thousands of people. And as we've talked about on the show before, back in February, India and Pakistan clashed in the region. This after reports that a militant group killed dozens in an attack on Indian-controlled Kashmir. Indian Prime Minister Modi later claimed his government had struck a large terrorist training camp in Pakistan's part of Kashmir, but Pakistani authorities denied that that even happened. But once again, that kind of oversimplified history lesson. That, that was kind of just to give you some context about what Monday's announcement means. At the very top level, the Indian government says that it's going to break up the state of Kashmir into two federal territories. One of those territories will still be called Jammu and Kashmir, and it will have a state legislature, and the other will be called Ladakh and will not get their own legislature. Right, and now that Article 370 has been removed, Kashmir won't have its own constitution and will now have to abide by Indian laws. Which, long story short, the move will give the central government in India a lot more control over Kashmir. Also, of note, the Indian government said Monday that they are also revoking another provision that had prevented non-residents from buying property in Kashmir, which is a huge deal because Kashmir is one of India's only Muslim-majority territories. So now that other Indians can buy property and move to Kashmir, some experts are worried that it would change the demographics of the region. And the reason these experts are worried is because they think that this will create tensions between Hindus and Muslims, not just in the region, but all over India. Right, but around the changing demographic, others believe that making Kashmir more Hindu is exactly what Modi wants. Right, he's a staunch Hindi nationalist. During his re-election campaign, one of Modi's promises was that he was going to revoke Article 370. Right, but that's the, the reasoning, what things will look like forward. What about the, the right now? Well, according to reports, Indian authorities are more concerned about the spike in tensions now that the announcement itself will cause. Which actually, regarding that note, according to local media reports, the central government sent 35,000 troops to the region last week in anticipation. Additionally, the Indian government has evacuated all tourists, closed all schools, and cut off internet access entirely. So right now, the people of Kashmir are essentially in not only a lockdown, but also a media blackout. And while the Indian government claims that it made the move in order to better ensure security in the region, many are arguing that it's just a blatant power grab. Right, when this decision was announced, it was met with loud jeers from opposition leaders. Many in India have argued that the move is illegal and unconstitutional, pointing out the fact that under the Constitution, Article 370 cannot be unilaterally removed and that it could only be changed with the consent of the state government, which means that the government's decision could be brought to the country's Supreme Court. Additionally, we saw the government of Pakistan respond by condemning the decision, saying that it violates international law and UN resolutions. In a statement, Pakistan's foreign ministry said it would, quote, exercise all possible options to counter the illegal steps. Pakistan's prime minister also condemned the move and noted in a tweet that President Trump has actually offered to mediate the crisis, and adding, this is the time to do so as situation deteriorates there and along the LOC with new aggressive actions being taken by Indian occupation forces. This has the potential to blow up into a regional crisis. And as far as if that will happen, uh, we do know that India for its part has repeatedly said it
that does not want Trump to intervene. Although a U.S. State Department spokeswoman responded in a statement on Monday saying the United States is closely following the situation. But notably here, she said it was strictly an internal matter. Continuing, we are concerned about reports of detentions and urge respect for individual rights and discussion with those in affected communities. We call on all parties to maintain peace and stability along the line of control. And lastly, China, who of course also controls part of Kashmir, has also condemned the move. But ultimately, that is where we are right now. It, it is a very concerning situation, just because specifically many experts and political leaders anticipate that India's move will just create more violence and conflict in the region. And you have Kashmir essentially under lockdown, media blackout, although we have seen protests breaking out all over Pakistan, where protesters reportedly yelled down with India. Also, just today, we saw Pakistan's prime minister saying that he expects terrorist violence to increase because of the move. Also accusing India's leadership of promoting racist ideology and adding, I fear they may initiate ethnic cleansing in Kashmir to wipe out the local population. And later saying, if India attacks us, we will respond. We will fight until the last drop of blood. But ultimately, that is where we are, an escalation and continued fighting between uh, two nuclear powers. And as far as what will happen next, only time can tell. And that's where we're going to end today's show. Thanks for watching. If you're not 100% filled in, if you missed yesterday's Philip DeFranco show, or you want to watch today's brand new bonus video, you can click or tap right there to watch those. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.